Welcome, Welcome to Pisces Rising. Rising. I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. We want to talk about astrology with you. Go deep or go home. Pisces Rising. Hi everyone, welcome back. We're here to talk to you about Mars and Neptune together. Yes, interesting combination because Mars is so physical and Neptune is anything but. So it's kind of a union of opposites in some ways. Definitely, in most ways. And I think that the only way that they are actually, what their common link would be a sexual desire. Yes. Don't you think like the Neptune is so feminine and elusive and sensual and Mars is so primal and sexy and instinctual that that's where they would come together. And yeah, Neptune longs for that kind of merging, that union, and then Mars really loves the, the physical aspect of it. We're actually stuffing grape leaves while we're talking, so you might hear some folding and clinking in the background, but it's quaint. It's fun. (laughs) Too much? Yeah. So we are going to start with a conjunction. Yeah. So if if you have this in your birth chart or if it just happens in the sky while we're living life. Mars in the same sign as Neptune. This is definitely going to bring that sexual energy that we talked about um, first off, but it's also going to bring, I think, like a bit of a conflict with the expression of anger and what feeling might dominate. It might vacillate between um, the anger coming out and then feeling guilty and sad for the anger coming out because Neptune is like more about release. It's like the crying planet. Um, not that it is going to make you sad. It could also make you joyful and elated. Uh, but it's very fluid in its emotion. And the emotion, I would say, is edgeless, where Mars has a lot of edge to the expression of the emotion, and it's just not soft. So with this conjunction, I think each planet is going to have a hard time deciding which one is going to win at the time of the emotion that's being triggered. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there could be some expression of anger that's then kind of forgotten because Neptune can create that fog around it. So it would be one of those things where somebody else brings it up to you later and you're like, did I do that? It's almost like there's a disconnect from the anger. It feels like it's maybe not your own, even if it's being expressed by you. It's kind of like somebody else coming out. Um, It could be that you tend to be very gentle normally, but then that when that Mars kind of combines with the Neptune, it comes out in these ways where you're not even recognizing that it is anger, that it is this kind of outburst of energy, that it can kind of get lost in that Neptunian dissolve where others might see it, but for you, once it's expressed, it's kind of already dissipated. It's already gone. Yeah, that's a really good point because in a way, both planets are actually forgetful. Yes, you they know, are. They leave their body when experiencing their emotion or their Mars's instinct is to like react and be done and forget yeah. because it's anger and that what's the quote I saw red like mm-hmm. that's when you forget because you get so fired up and the elusiveness of Neptune is it's a really stoner planet wouldn't you say oh god yeah so that 
energy that's so elusive also makes you forget, like literally from one minute to the next. If you have a lot of Neptune in your chart, you might say something and express yourself and then two hours later have it be different. Like I really want to have chocolate cake right now and then it might go to I just want to be as healthy as possible. Yeah, there could be some flip-flopping, especially if if it's in, well, I guess not many people alive right now have their Neptune in Gemini, but I was going to say in that sort of mutable energy anyway. So if you have like Neptune in Sagittarius and your Mars is also, there could be some of that. The mutable would just kind of exaggerate these tendencies for it to dissolve. I feel like there's a little bit more, I feel like this could be romantic or expressive in the way of what happens when it comes to pursuing somebody you're physically attracted to. Mm. Yeah, there could be some kind of like sexual body leaving. Like when you're in the moment, it could be very ethereal and transcendent. Spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where you might, it's possible that this person with this could seek to connect with others in order to kind of get that high of that Mars Neptune one-on-one experience yeah like a euphoric experience too yeah because the Mars is going to bring the adrenaline and the Neptune is going to bring the oxytocin it could create an addictive quality for sure Absolutely. And an addictive quality, actually, that manifests very much so in the physical world. That would be obvious to everybody else with the Mars. Yes. Yeah. What's weird is that this is a much more obvious thing to anyone else looking in than it probably would be to you if you have it. You might not even pick up on the subtleties of it because Neptune is so subtle. And Neptune can be hard to see in the birth chart. It's very slippery. It's very, um, I kind of feel like you look at it and it just dissolves. It like a hologram or something like an illusion so it can be really hard to pick out in your own birth chart regardless of what's going on with it it kind of takes a keen eye which is so very neptune because you can't see neptune with your naked eye you need like a really powerful telescope (laughs) oh wow yeah that's true i didn't think of that but that makes a lot of sense to um when you think of in general when you want to study astrology you really want to think of what the planet does and being able to see it or what it looks like from when when you can see it that is how people come to definition and interpretation by the physicality of the planet so neptune sextile yeah let's do a sextile neptune sextile mars this is another sexy combination, really. Yeah, this one's really pleasant. This is less all-consuming, maybe, and a little more harmonious for the person that has it. Yeah, sexy, very romantic, very uh, probably invested in the um, the thrill of the relationship, but in maybe a less addictive way, maybe in just a more flirtatious, kind of uh, exciting sort of vibe. Yeah, definitely more flirty, um, more... Subtle in the sense of the way you'd act on it and natural. I could see where this would feel very, very natural in the sense of feeling comfortable in your body, feeling comfortable with your anger, feeling comfortable with your sadness, feeling comfortable pursuing someone. This, I think, could bring self-worth, actually, the Mm. opposite of self-esteem issues 
because Mars is very masculine and Neptune is very feminine and they're really, really working together in a way of sensuality again, but also in a way of being comfortable with asserting yourself and your feeling towards sexual relationships or regular relationships, mm. any kind of relationship. The the self-worth here is going to be enhanced. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a really good blend of kind of the divine feminine and like sacred masculine energies. There's a really good equilibrium there between kind of that give and take. It's kind of coy in, a, in the way that it's flirtatious. It's not as aggressive as Mars normally is. I think it's tempered by that sextile and the Neptune. It's going to make it less um, like I need to pursue these people that I'm interested in and more um, kind of just enjoying the, flirt, the flirtatious banter and uh, the connection that way. Yeah, because with the Mars conjunction, what that's going to do is the Neptune is probably going to absorb the Mars energy. And that's why it's going to feel a little bit guilty when it reacts really strongly. So there yeah. is going to be a conflict there because the planets are so different, but they have that sensual common link. Whereas sextile, they're like far apart, but they're engaging each other in a beautiful angle. I mean, the sextile symbol is like an asterisk. It's like a cute little star. So... That's just really twinkly in its own right, just the symbol of a sextile and the way the planets are in angled with each other. It's it's soft with lots of layers. Mm -hmm. I think it could be dreamy and imaginative, but still rooted in reality. Mars is going to give it a grounded energy. So for instance, in the transiting sky, this would be a really good time to kind of make these more abstract dreams and visions come to life through the tangible action of Mars. And if you have this in your natal chart, you're going to be pretty adept at that naturally, yeah. realizing what dreams are kind of doable and which ones are maybe out of your control, more so than the harder aspects of this. This would bring intuition too. Mm. Do you think the conjunction would bring intuition or delusion? I think it could bring intuition, but there could be a fine line between intuition and delusion where like, Maybe some of the stuff that you're intuiting is absolutely spot on, but then there's some tinges of other, you know, that make it harder to sort through. Especially with the confidence thing and with the forgetting. Yes. Okay. Do you have anything more about the sextile? No, that one is actually super easy. Okay. Um, Mars square Neptune is kind of difficult. Fighting. Yeah. Aggression. Thinking and then guilt tripping. Yeah, maybe thinking other people are out to get you, like just constantly being on the alert, maybe even a little paranoid because Neptune creates these delusions around what's real and Mars kind of just gets your energy going and the square is like butting heads anyway. So when you get all that together, it could just be like you're like, did you look at me funny on the street? You know, like you're just kind of like touchy and the smallest thing could maybe set you off. You could kind of get it in your head that other people feel a certain way about you. Yeah, it's reactive mm -hmm. and projective. Yes. And it's so edgy that you go right to the reaction. Exactly like Ash said, that's, you're looking at me funny. I'm, why are you doing that? It's, it could be very confrontational. The square, strangely enough, in general, I find squares to be confrontational. 
And then Mars is confrontational. Neptune, not so much. But with the square, it's going to create a confrontation of delusion. Yes, exactly. So the other person will probably have no idea what they did or they will think it's like way over the top. Like maybe they just happen to be spacing out in your direction and suddenly you're yelling at them. Why are you looking at me funny? Yeah. And they're just like, what? I don't know what I did. Um, Yeah. And so in your mind, it's like this whole fully formed narrative. That's where Neptune can really be a hindrance, I think, with this one. You know, it's really funny. This week, I wonder if this woman had it. I had, I closed my shop and somebody left a negative Google review, which I've only gotten like three in 10 years. And this is maybe a month after the closing. And she wrote a review of something that happened. I have no idea when, but maybe definitely more than two or three years ago. And it was the owner asked me my sign, asked me if I was a Taurus. And I said, no. And then when I told her I was a Sag, she turned around and started talking to somebody else. And everybody else there was nice, but she was super weird. And I felt like writing back, oh, you clearly have a Taurus moon. Um, but I didn't, but I'm wondering that right there, that example of like putting something out there that you like, whatever she thought happened is most likely different than my intention. I was most likely helping a customer and I'm scattered in my conversation. Anyway. That is jump around. very Heather. And many yeah. people find that endearing. It's probably that she just reacted in a weird way to that. Yeah. And I found it like, I, I feel like with talking about this Neptune square, that's the energy I'm going to project it on you. And with a square, squares don't have poor memories, you know, because right. they're so edgy. And you, when you have a square in your chart, you get stuck in the, oh, how do I word this? Like stuck in the thing that you feel when you're trying to work it out, you get stuck in the frustration. Squares bring frustration, which eventually bring solution. Mars brings frustration and Neptune brings dissolve. So when Mars is squaring Neptune, there's frustration with a fight for dissolve, but the frustration keeps kicking in, making it significantly harder for the dissolve to actually happen. Yes, exactly. They're fighting each other kind of like raging inside of you. And so how do you think the best way to transmute that would be if you have this to work with it? Well, you'd want to release the fire and the water. Yeah. Lean into the earth maybe or yeah. Lean into the earth, be outside in the rain. Um, when you find yourself getting frustrated instead of thinking about it, I recommend doing something with your body. Mm. to release it at the time of the frustration because the problematic energy is when you hold on to the square. Yeah, and you might not be able to stop yourself from thinking it, at least, you know, at first. You, the frustrations will come up. It's more about kind of jumping into it. So if you see somebody that's looking at you funny on the street, just maybe biting your tongue and letting it go. This is definitely not going to be as forgetful as the other two transits that we talked about. Actually, I think it's going to be a little more memorable, too, because what probably would happen is the Neptune is going to act as water retention because of the edge. Yes. So Neptune is not going to feel comfortable. Mars is going to like the edge. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to feel a little more comfortable in it, but Neptune is not. And it will remember. It will actually have most likely a good memory in 
whoever fucked you over. Yeah. And the details of it and like what, what you felt like energetically when that happened, because squares, their edginess almost makes a little more of a container instead of a conjunction or a a sextile, because those two at least have a flow. And so does a trine, which is what we're getting to next. Yes, absolutely. I think I'm ready to move to the trine if you are. Yep. Okay. So with Mars, trine, Neptune. These planets are working together more, and Neptune is more comfortable in this because the trine is kind of watery in its expression. It's um, easeful, it flows, there's just a, a gentle quality to it. It's very naturally lucky and abundant, and Neptune really enjoys that energy. Neptune enjoys being able to kind of free float without the need for those like contained edges, like Heather was saying. And so Mars, I think, also enjoys the trine, but at times it could, Mars could pose an, a slight issue in that I think you might expect things to be easy with this transit. So when they're not, or this aspect, so when they're not, I feel like Mars could at times kind of rear its head on you. Yeah, it's going to be more fluid for sure. And a little more social, the connecting with others is definitely right on. I could see where you would almost be too lackadaisical, actually, too relaxed in this because trines can bring laziness because there is not an edge. Neptune is lazy and Mars is not necessarily lazy, but once it burns off, it's, that's the steamboat. Oh, yeah. Or the ferry boat. Um, once it once Mars burns off, it's on to the next thing. It's it's progressing. So the forgetfulness is going to kind of come back in the sense of like a Sagittarius that gets mad real quick and forgets about it, and the other person is like, "What just happened? Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine." Yeah, just kind of the top blows, and then you're back to normal. Yeah, yeah, and. I actually could see where this would be incredibly intuitive and not delusional. And this is why. Mars has that instinct, which is working with Neptune's intuition really well. The tighter this trine, the more the intuition. Trines, I've been getting these downloads on them in general, just the concept of trines. That triangle is like a portal to intuition that's easier to trust because of the stability in the trine and the portal. So not only does it have that pyramid pointing up to the divine, if you look at your chart and you see a trine, no matter what way that triangle is, whether it's the point is pointing to the side or it's diagonal, you know, whatever houses is making this triangle so that the trine could be upside down, it still creates this portal of intuition and ease because there's such a sense of security that you could begin to rely on your intuition and relying on your intuition and your instinct as they work together is really the key to life. So I find this placement really, really powerful without the feeling of aggressive power because Neptune and Trine with Mars 
is going to soften Mars and Mars is going to fire up Neptune a little. They're going to both absorb each other with this portal being open. Yeah. Yeah. I want to uh, reiterate on what I was saying about the the laziness because I I finally figured out what I was trying to convey. Um, So yeah, there, you could be so intuitive and so good at kind of aligning yourself to the right place at the right time because Mars is kind of like right action whereas Neptune is sort of right thinking so you just kind of naturally show up at the right place at the right time or meeting the right people at the right time I bet somebody with this aspect would be really good at that stuff so I think when it's off it could feel very upsetting because there's sort of like a natural ease to this it's kind of a lazy thing that is just done by the person with this aspect And when it's off or when it's not functioning or when a transit is getting in the way, there could almost be like a kind of like spoiled brat type of energy that comes out like, oh, it's so hard. That's just how I I feel it would vent when it needs to. And it's still, you know, it's a trine. It's not going to be terrible, but it's just kind of this little frustration, little temper tantrum that would arise. Yeah, the little boy of Mars is going to come out. Yeah, exactly. Because Mars wants things done like right away. So when it's not easy, when it's not working out, Mars is going to get so Aries aggressive and impatient about it. Yeah, now I kind of want to go back because I could see the impatience of all the other aspects we talked about. And in considering the impatience of Mars and the lackadaisicalness of Neptune, it that what Ash just said goes back and affects essentially all the other transits we talked about. Um, in, a, in a way of the impatience of Mars in general, basically all you have to do is think of the impatience of Mars and the extreme patience of Neptune. Neptune's patience is limitless. It doesn't care when things happen or if they happen at all. Yeah. It's just completely open, which is really beautiful, but Mars kind of can't stand that. Yep. There's no timeline with Neptune. It's like shamanic time. Yeah. Yeah. You're out floating in the ether with Neptune. And Mars wants things to have happened like yesterday. Mars is like the root chakra and Neptune is the Buddha floating in Nirvana. Yes, exactly. Yeah. One foot on the ground. one Foot in the fire. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think with that going, jumping back for a minute to the Mars square Neptune, I think that you would be kind of that way that sort of uh, impatience would come out way more with that square because squares are impatient too and squares are argumentative and just going to make those things known. Maybe more than the Mars trying Neptune would. I hope we brought up the extent of the impatience in our Mars episode, but for some reason I feel like... We didn't exaggerate it as much as we should have. Yeah, I'm just now realizing how important that is. It's, yeah... Absolutely. I'm seeing it really clearly now. (laughs) I mean, really, Mars and Uranus are the most impatient planets. And Uranus doesn't give a shit about time either. Right. But Mars literally would represent not being patient. Yeah, because Mars rules Aries, and I think they're probably the least patient sign. Yep. So, the opposition, right? Yes. Mars opposite Neptune. Ooh. I I think this is the worst. I think it's the worst as well. Because they are going to work against each other. Yeah, they can't. 
I don't think that they can work together because these planets are really opposite anyway. And then to throw an opposition aspect in there, it's going to exaggerate that. It's going to make it more obvious that they just don't work. I could see this too. So let me preface this. When I see mental illness in charts, mental illness that I would not necessarily consider a mental illness, I would consider it an aspect in a chart. But for many years, it was actually one of the first things that I got into in reading aspects is I would read and and seek people that had mental illness. And I legitimately looked for patterns in the chart based on whatever they were carrying, whether it was bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, DID, um, super fascinated. I'm still fascinated by it, but I've moved on to criminals and uh, Mars conjunct Venus aspects as patterns. So those are the patterns I'm studying now. But for years, I would say 10 years, I've studied this pattern of mental illness correlating to astrology charts. And Mars opposed Neptune is, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, it's two personalities. uh, And the problem is I don't think that either one is aware of the other. So yeah, it could be dissociative identity, or it could be like, the type of person where they're like seemingly really nice and sweet and that Neptune and then it just kind of turns and you just don't know which one of them you're going to get that day. Yeah. Um, and if it gets aspected. Yeah. Something could come out majorly. It could trigger one or the other. Um, I could also see this maybe being significant for people with bipolar because Mars is so like, it's more of that manic energy where Neptune's more of the depressive. Um depending on the signs, but yeah, there's, it's definitely pulling on you. So we mentioned Neptune is the like, kind of like the upper crown or like the soul star. Mars is the root chakra. So those are constantly getting pulled. So you're sometimes really in your body to the point where you're maybe not even aware of like your soul and all of that. And then other times you're just kind of floating above your body, really not aware of your body. So there's these major extremes. And I think if you have this, it could be really good for things like channeling or whatever, but you might not even know that you're doing it. It's something that might happen. I almost think of like Edgar Casey, like he could only channel when he went to sleep, you know, and I don't know that he remembered it when he woke up. And interestingly enough, I've looked at his chart. He has major Neptune aspects. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Neptune is very much connected to sleep. I feel like a lot of sleep disorders can show up with Neptune and stuff. In 12th house. I also feel like this is going to, it's going to feel like a fever. Your body temperature is going to be, could be out of control for those people who get like really hot at times and then really cold. Um, I don't know what regulates that, the thyroid or I could see where there would be a lot of hormonal imbalance and basically your body temperature, your immune system, it bringing physical challenges within the body, not so much like the intestines or digestive areas, but more the, the kidneys are fire, right? Or is it the liver? I'm not sure. When you get mad, I think it's the kidneys that are affected. I think you're the, right. No, the liver. Oh, the liver? The liver, because okay. alcoholics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I could see where this would affect the liver and, and toxins, heavy metals, like having a hard time, like releasing from your body. 
I would say if you have this aspect, look at both separately and try to understand them literally as an opposition. I always talk about how oppositions always have a common link. So you're going to have to figure out that common link depending on what's the sign opposition as opposed to what the planetary opposition is. But yeah. Neptune is very damp and Mars is very fiery. And as they're working separately, you're going to have periods of like retaining water and dampness and then periods of feeling dehydrated and fire. Like the physicality of this, I think, is really going to manifest as well, just as it could manifest in mental illness. Not to say if you have this and it's super tight, you're going to be screwed. Absolutely not. It never works that way because you can always, always, always work to understand the planets and work to understand the dynamic that you have. And once you shed light on it, it automatically gets better. So yep. us telling you about these aspects is only to shine a light on if you have them. And some of the things to look for with this is how do they work separately? And maybe you just want to keep them separate out of all the oppositions in the world. This one, I think you want to keep separate instead of having work together. So that is meaning sometimes you're Jekyll and then sometimes you're Hyde. And that just can be okay. Yeah, this this aspect is extremely cyclical. So you're always going to be dealing with seasons and changes either in your physical body or in your emotional body. And your cycles could absolutely be triggered by the moon. They could be triggered by transits. They could be triggered by a number of things. But the key is to kind of figure out how best to work with the cycles rather than trying to eliminate the cycles because that's just kind of not possible with this aspect. You're going to need the cycles. There's no way to like smooth them out. You just kind of have to work with the different periods of your cycle once you figure out what that is. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say on that. That actually surprised me when we got to it because I hadn't pre-thought how intense it was going to be. Yeah. We kind of decided last minute to do this. We were going back and forth between a few things and thought, okay, we just did Mars. Let's go and stay with Mars for a little while while we're in Leo and Mars is hot um, and continue the learning train. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Happy summer. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. To send us a request for a topic... Or to get a reading with us, you can find us on Instagram at Pisces Rising Podcast. Email us, Pisces Rising Podcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. Have a magical day.